Welcome to Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And today is the pre-feast show. We are getting ready for Thanksgiving. I cannot believe that it is a mere days away. I feel strangely ready. Do you? Calm, organized. Now, I'm not having it at my house, so that makes a difference. That's a huge difference, right? But I'm making the pies. I'm making... Salad, the controversial Thanksgiving salad. Is it controversial? Yes, because nobody like. Okay, here's my theories about salad. If for Thanksgiving, for Thanksgiving, I think it's nice to have a fresh component like a salad. Yes. However, if you are doing a seated dinner for lots of people, that extra salad plate either can be nice because it gives you an opportunity to do a different type of plate, so your table can be more festive. Okay. Or it can be a giant pain in the you know what yep. because. You have so much stuff on your table, the glassware, like you can't really fit that extra salad plate. So if you are doing like buffet style or potluck where people are going to get their food somewhere else and bring it to the table, all for salad, because you can put that on your plate. Right. If you're doing a seated dinner with lots of people and the salad plate is an extra plate. Right. I would reconsider. Salad. Yeah, I, I think I like this theory. I think I'm really down for that. Yeah. And, and if you're having like a lot of people buffet style where they're filling their plate somewhere else. Then it's another option for people that maybe want something fresher and lighter. Yeah. I, you know what? My mom has always been, you know, we've talked about the salad my mom brings, the one with grapefruit and pomegranates and... And that one is always a, that's just a winner, which I, and I <laughs> this year I put the kibosh on all dishes outside of my purview. <laughs> oh, I like that. You got militant. I, I threw the control down like hard this year. Like this is what you're bringing. I, no, or like no I'm one's bringing, bringing anything. Yeah. Great. Yeah. No, I just went into no bringing anything mode just because, um, you know, I have Joey kind of helping with some of the cooking yeah. and, you know, I, all the kids are kind of throwing in and it's all good. We haven't good. gotten our Pioneer Woman update. I'm sure no, we will No, I haven't yet. I think she, he's probably just tuning in. Um, but there is, uh, there is, um, there is I just nothing more than I just thought this year I'm doing some new things. And remember last week I sort of teased out that I was going to do something different with my turkey this yes. year. And this year I am going to... Well, it's a long, it's a little bit along the, the controversy that I wanted to talk about, which is the New York Times put out an article um, calling uh, the rise and fall of brining. Because apparently, right now, it is the du jour topic of the moment is not just wet brine versus dry brine, it's whether to brine at all. Which. I mean, I'll be honest, I never brined my turkey until I met you. And then I did it a couple <laughs> times and I was like, meh. meh. Well, and this is kind of what they were saying that that basically like in 2008, like 10 years ago, people, the food writers kind of went a little kooky and they got a little bit like all about the brine. Right. And then it was all about the wet brine. And then it was now it's now it's all about the dry brine. And so and now a lot of them are saying, you know, it really just masks the flavor of the natural of the turkey. So we're kind of going into the no brine mode again. Now, a lot of them are saying that they would they don't want to brine because the turkey itself has gotten better because there's a proliferation of better birds. Right. That's my uh, someone asked me fresher frozen turkey. And I was like, OK, that's that's kind of the weird question. Yeah, because really fresh or frozen is insignificant. Organic. Right. Organic versus or heritage breed. Yeah. Or your grocery store frozen ball. 
Let's not, let's just, I think butterballs are not Minnesota turkeys. So, you know what I mean? Like, Minnesota is the number one turkey producing state in the country. Yes, and the Genio Cooperative yes. is a lot of our local farmers. Right, and so you have to remember that. And so I think butterball is not a Minnesota bird. So I think we should not speak the butterball name. Well, to me, <laughs> it isn't frozen versus fresh because a lot of delicious heritage turkeys can be frozen. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's Organic, it's the type free of range, bird, what they've eaten, commercial chick, how turkey. they've raised. They've also are saying, by the way, just called it a that millenn- you did. Well, this is why, because millennials, they say, are not opting for the big birds. They're like, doing chickens. Well, not only are they going for, they're not going for big birds, like the giant 20 to 30 pound, huge Norman Rockwell, you know, yep. bombs of gold sitting in the middle of the table. They're not going for that. That just made you the food writer on the show, by the way. <laughs> just the Norman Rockwell 20 to 30 pound bombs of gold is a yeah. quote for the ages. For the ages. And I'm on enough Dayquil right now where who knows where that came from. But anyway, so what they're saying is that the millennials are choosing to go for smaller birds and then even chicken. And this is where I'm a little freaked out because Why? I, okay, so even, okay, so our favorite chicken's better, no, but you eat chicken every <laughs> damn day. True, true. Here's my gig. And it's all with my whole thing. The feast deserves its due. And that whole, I cheated on you. I know you did. And that's I okay. I listened to a Christmas song. I figured you looked at cookie recipe, you looked at had a cookie magazine, and even though you said I'm walking away, I knew you didn't walk away. I looked at the cookie magazine, then I listened to a station that plays Christmas music, then I started freaking out, and this is a real, okay, this is going to be a fun show. This is a real quandary. (laughs) With this cold weather, all of the decorate, like all of the things that you put your like spruce boughs in and you're decorating on your house. I know. The dirt's frozen. Oh. All of like our planter containers are frozen. All of our window boxes are frozen. Everything is frozen. So I started panicking and I was like, okay, we're going to have one warm day. It's going to be Thursday. Get all the crap because I do my own. Yeah. I got a drill with a giant drill bit so I can like drill into the dirt. Weird. It doesn't really work. No. I did a good job of just literally drilling, pounding, scraping. Are you talking about putting in like fake pine yeah. bough or pine boughs and like birch sticks? Yes. Why do you even need dirt? Why can't you just like? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I've it's not like you're planting them into my old planters. Yeah, I would say good empty question. that crap out and then put like rocks in there for you to keep it straight up. It's a good question. Yeah. I did get it all accomplished. Okay, but then I bought wreaths like. <laughs> And then Man. I was going to take a picture and be like, Stephanie, I've completely no. cheated on you. You have totally gone over to the dark side. Now, someone sent us a note. I don't know if you saw this. And maybe they just sent it to me. It was about the reasoning that a lot of small businesses do. the, the Like saying, like, I hear you that you want to give the feast it's due. But every time, like, try to understand that the reason that there's it's all out there so early is because you know, it's on offer and then people like they have to get the good price for it. The small business needs to get the good price for the wreath. And so then they're offering at that time and they have to, or it'll run out. So then they have to stock it and there's not giving them any money just sitting there in their stock room. So they put it out. Yeah. Nobody is more for small business than me. And I know this, right? I don't, if you want to start promoting Christmas and you're a small business that we shop local at and you want to do it in September, I don't care. Yeah. I just don't have to do it. Right. And this is my point is like, I don't, I support you, but I am for as far as the giant societal push, I'm against it. So I'm just going to say, I'm just, I'm just not a part of it. And maybe if we all are not a part of it, we can push it back a little bit 
bad freaking week, man. No, Target's not going to listen to you. I know. You don't think so? You don't no, think I have a voice no, with Target? No. I don't. Just saying. Um, I'm going to tell you this. Samin Nosrat, our favorite, uh, I probably say her name wrong all the time. Salt, Salt fat, acid, yep. heat woman um, in the dry brine versus wet brine, dirt brining thing. She says um, basically that all this insanity and these trends and the struggle of and how we cook turkeys is ridiculous. And we're continuously always disappointed um, this year, by the way, she is cooking Dungeness crab and fried chicken instead of a turkey. I I felt betrayed more than your Christmas betrayal. I felt I felt like yeah, that's I felt weird. totally betrayed by that. And I get it that like again, people are looking to some and I, you know Ale, uh, Alexis Garnashelli, you know whatever she's yeah. always talking about how she doesn't the birds. It's not very. There's people who don't love turkey, and I get that. I totally am in. There's two of those camps. There, it's all about the sides or the turkey's a star. Plenty of people think turkey is bland and boring and everything else. But there's one day a year that you cook a turkey. Why would you cook a chicken when you could cook that chicken every other day of the year and be like on trend and on point and on focus one day a year? Okay, this might be an earth shattering statement for you. Yeah. But most people aren't like us. I know that. This isn't. I know. This is like a family holiday. This is a like convenience holiday. This is just a holiday before Christmas so they can get to the Christmas holiday. I know. They're, They're just scary. passing time with it. And the weekly dishers, you're in our camp. We know. You're, know. you're just, one of us. I just but feel we like, are like the freaks in this situation. But, but even, one of us. But even if us. you went to someone's table and they served you chicken on Thanksgiving, wouldn't you feel robbed? If they told me, I might not know. Yes, you would. I probably would. You would know. Most people wouldn't know if it was like cut up and I don't know. Yeah, if you'd know the leg is. Yeah, Yeah. but I'm just saying like, you know, someone served fried chicken on Thanksgiving. Okay, I might like that, to be honest, but it's still, I don't know. If there was like a theme with it all and it all was like the Southern thing or whatever, I don't know. I just felt like we have one, and I'm not saying you have to like do all of the things to the turkey, but it just feels like weird. One day, can you just make a turkey? Just make a turkey. It's like a thing. I don't know. It's a thing. Um, so you're not brining. What are you doing that's special? I I'm going to dry brine. I'm cutting it up. I'm, a, I'm getting a whole bird. I'm going to butcher it myself. I'm cutting it up. I'm going to separate the breasts. I'm going to spatchcock those suckers, dry brine them. My uh, favorite word. Yep. And then I'm going to roulade the legs. I'm going to take the meat off of the leg and thigh bones and I'm going to flatten it, and then I'm going to put herbs and leeks and everything else, and I'm going to roll it, truss it, and cook it like a roulade, like a roll. Who on earth has shown you how to roulade a turkey leg? Because that is challenging. So John Whitfleet taught me how to cut things, cut birds up. Well, we learned, we went to the chicken class at the Good Acre, and that was really informative. Yes, we did. And I don't remember much from that, I think, but I remember John Whitfleet because it was like he and I and a couple other people, and he showed me how to break down the bird. Break down the bird, and actually we were deboning a chicken, or boning a chicken. But it's the same idea of when you're cutting the meat off of the bones Uh of the legs and so that's what i i learned that part where and i i mean that was a while ago i really am i'm winging it i kids i'm winging it got no pun intended i guess <laughs> i got scared for you i know and i got scared for the kids because yeah, i have a it's feeling a, 20, it's a, a 25 your family turkey. might be like uh why why did we do this well the breast is the most important part let's be honest Right? Uh, since I have none. Sorry. Yeah, you don't know. Done on. Breast um, jokes. The chi- the turkey breast is the most important part. And so that's going to be fine and normal. That's going to feel exactly like it always has. 
I'm just trying something else with the dark meat because people tend well, to the dark meat you know, tends to be, be the stuffing stuff. the turkey legs with Vietnamese Chinese egg roll stuff. I, I, oh, that sounds good. Why not? All right, it's a possibility. So if you have heard us. Uh, if you have heard us talk about some of the pie folks, I just wanted to give a shout out that Heather's Pies, who we talked about last week, they are out. You can no longer order yeah, from them. No. They're done. I mean, pretty much everybody's. I think at this point, most of the pies are. No. No. Because Michelle Geyer is having her pie. Oh, she's having her pie. Power so, pie in most places, you can order until the 18th, 19th, or 20th. Okay. All right. <clears throat> but she's out. All right, we're going to talk. We're going to come back. You guys, we're going to take a quick break. We come back where it's all Thanksgiving it's, dribs and drabs. It's all sort of Thanksgiving today. Um, we do have a couple guests who are coming in to talk some liquid love with us. Um, but we are going to be right back. This is the weekly dish, and we are brought to you by Red Cow and Red Rabbit on My Talk 1071. Welcome back to the weekly dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, Steph March. And the show is presented by Red Cow, Red Rabbit. Uh, they have their gift cards going right now where when you buy 50, you get 15 for free. So check that out. Um, we're going to do the Thanksgiving dribs and drabs. Anything else you need to talk about? Time once again for Stephanie Hansen's Dribs and Drabs. I mean, it's all kind of little dribs and drabs. Dribs and drabs. Okay, I'm going to start out with two things. And I had like a whole bag of stuff to bring Stephanie today. I was going to bring her half of a pie that I made. Only half because we ate the other half. Yeah. And then this new thing that I bought that's for kids for Thanksgiving. And you still have time to get it. It is called, Stephanie, can you see this? It is called the Chow Crown. No. So here's what it is. It's a crown that is battery activated. And off the crown are these long, like, wiry spikes. Okay. And at the end of the spikes are little teeny tiny clothespins that you attach morsels of food. And the Chow Crown starts to spin. And the game is whoever can get their mouth on it. It's one at a time, so oh, you're not nasty. sharing mouth space with anyone. <clears throat> it's whoever can get an, as many bites as possible off of the chow crown during their allotted time segment. It's hysterical. <laughs> You've seen it? I've seen it. I've purchased it. I am bringing it to Thanksgiving for the kids. Okay. It's hilarious. For the kids? Yeah, like you could do it with marshmallows. This person did it with like bites of cupcake. I don't know. It was a little messy, but yeah, right? you could put milk duds like... But it's just, it's hysterical to watch people like guppies, like with their mouth open, trying to get. Oh my God. So that's a little Thanksgiving fun for you. Okay. So yeah, I ordered it. I was going to bring it and do it with you. But like I said, I forgot it. In, oh darn! Pie. I'm so bummed. Shoot, <laughs> darn it! I don't. Get I to really do wanted the to crown. like look like a guppy after my food. Okay, <laughs> I was on uh, the Jason show like last week, I think, and also Melissa Sai was on. She is a mommy blogger. And she was talking about good ideas to do with kids for Thanksgiving. So with the kid theme, she had the cutest thing basically I've seen. Her blog is minnesotababy.blogspot.com. And what it was is you make a, with a paper bag, like a lunch bag, you shape it in like the shape of a turkey breast. And then the sides, the legs are toilet paper rolls and you like wrap those in paper too. And then you put it on a platter. So it's like this paper turkey, right? Can you visualize it? Yep. And then at the table for the little kids table, they get to cut into their own turkey with their little bread knife. Okay. And inside it is either like popcorn or candy. Oh. So they carve and rip open the bag and whatever the stuffing is. That's falls cute. Out yeah. And it's adorable. Yeah. I am. 
I don't have kids that are this little that will appreciate it. But if you have a kids table like of a, the littles, a pinata, yeah, almost. and it, and then something inside it is the fun popcorn. Yeah. Okay. So another idea that she had that was pretty cute was a clear plastic lowball glass. Yeah. And you make turkey faces with paper and glue them onto the front. Okay. Then you put a little ranch dressing in the bottom of the glass and you stick up carrot sticks and celery sticks and it ends up looking like the feathers of a turkey. Oh, yeah. And it's a cute way to have a little crudite veggie for the kids at the table. Again. Yeah. Very sweet. So, all right. So that is the uh, children's portion of the weekly dish. <laughs> but I thought those were good like, That's Thanksgiving be... ideas. Yeah, no, those are fun. Okay. Here is my latest other obsession. Okay. And it is candied nuts. And people make candied nuts really complicated, like egg wash and spices and blah, blah, blah. I like to have a candied nut in a salad. So here's my new thing. You toast your... Have I told you this already? I don't know. I think I may have saw it online. Okay. You toast your... I use pecans. But you've done these before. This is not... you. This is not a discovery for you? Or is it? it? Here's the discovery part. Okay. Toast the whole pecans, okay? Yep. Then... When they're done and they're like kind of black in some parts and brown in others, they mm-hmm. burn really quick. So watch them. You hit it with maple syrup, yeah, the organic maple syrup, and then I hit a salt and then you toss it. <coughs> By doing this after like it's all and it's going, it's crackling, it's spitting. Then you pour it out onto a parchment paper. And so you have these nuts that are covered with maple syrup and sugar or excuse me, maple salt. syrup and salt. And they've caramelized so they get hard. And so it's super easy candied nuts. No egg wash, no like baking in the oven, no nothing. It's just part of the finishing of the toasting Aren't process. Are they sticky afterwards? No, they don't get sticky. They dry. And I've done it with honey too. And honey, they do stay sticky. They dry a little bit, but not 100%. Okay. Maple syrup dries 100% if you leave them out on the parchment paper. Oh. You sometimes have to break them up a little bit because they get stuck together. But yeah. So I made like seven jars of these yesterday because I think I'm going to give them out as gifts. Oh, wow. But they're delicious and they're easy. And I served a salad at Hannah and someone was like, these are really good nuts. Where do you get these nuts? Because I always buy these candied nuts all over town. Yeah. They're expensive. Yeah. And I can just make them myself. Okay. So that's my that's candied a good nut tip. Hack. And that's also a good little snack to hang out. For at, cocktails. Yeah. Because I was thinking about this the other day of like, what, what am I going to put out for appetizers? Because I always tend to do like a board, which is what I'm going to do again. But it's like, I don't ever want to do too much. Yeah. Because you don't want people to be, you still want them to be hungry. And I did, I put them out for a cocktail nut yesterday. It was great. And my friend that was there said, you should add cayenne pepper to these. And you could. You could. You could add cayenne. You could add seasonings if you wanted to when you hit it with the salt at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Um, So I'm just going through my random facts. Okay. If you are still looking for a place to eat Thanksgiving dinner, Mm -hmm. there are some places still on open table. Like if you're not going to cook and you need to get out. Mercy in Minneapolis is doing a nice three-course meal. Uh, kids under five are free. Uh, believe it or not, the bukas around town yeah. are all available. And if you have a big family and you're not like so committed to the turkey thing, that's kind of a fun thing to do, eat with the Lazy Susan and the big portions. Um, I'll reserve my judgment on that one. Yeah. <laughs> because of my past life. Uh, there are also um, spots that are still taking Thanksgiving buffet, but it's getting down there, you guys. Oh I my god, at, it when, was really Ocean Air had some spots. Yep, Windows on the World is done. You know, most places are done online. Yeah, so you have to kind of pick around. I know that. Yeah, we did a. You know, what's a good place is Tavola, which is 
the new Italian restaurant in the St. Elliot Park Hotel. And they are, um, they are because they're new. Yeah. And so they have a lot. And it's a really beautiful space. Okay, really quick, because yep. I know we got to go. Wine pairings with turkey and dressing. Here's the all you need to know. Get a Cabernet Franc if you want to. Yes. Get a white Bordeaux if you want to. Get a Chardonnay with low or no oak. Okay, no oak on your Chardonnays if you're serving them with turkey. You could get a Gritz Demeanor, which we've talked about, a Beaujolais, a Merlot, a Pinot, or a Fruity Zinfandel. And start everything. It's pretty much everything. You just named nope. all the wines. <laughs> did I? I might have. Well, no, I'm just kidding. I, I, yeah, I kind of did. Yeah, right? Okay. But, start with a bubbly. That's, that's, start your, with a that's bubbly. your key. When people walk in the door, yes. hand them a bubbly of something. Yes. Whether it's Prosecco, whether it's a bubbling sparkling rosé, something bubbly just in a little teeny coop just to say, hey. Yep. Okay. We're going to get for you on the gonna, and drips. But we're going to continue talking oh, turkey. Yes. I'll show you guys. And also, we have some guests who are coming in right now to talk a little bit about whiskey and talk a little bit of maybe about some batching of cocktails. But, you know, it is the Ask Stephanie portion after that. We're going to have the phone lines open for the rest of the show after that. So feel free to give us a call Six, later. 651-641-1071. You could call now and then Hope would put you on hold right. during the segment. And you right. could listen to the segment. And then you'd have to turn your radio down and it gets complicated. But- okay, we'll be right back. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us on this pre-feast special. Thanks, it's a very special edition of the pre-feast show. The Weekly Dish. Uh, We are so glad to be here with you this morning, answering all your questions and giving you ideas and inspirations. And to to that aim, we have brought in a professional. Because sometimes the pros know a lot more than we do. Only sometimes. (laughs) We have Mr. Tyler Kleinow from Bachelor Farmer in studio with us. How are you doing this morning, sir? Doing really well. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thanks for getting up. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I'm so excited to be here. I uh, got a haircut. You did? (laughs) Amazing. I didn't notice. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It looks real good. It's very shorn. Very nice. Shorn. Shorn. It's shorn. Tyler is, of course, the the master barman at Bachelor Farmer or uh, Marvel Bar. Is it both? Is it the same? It's not. It's one, the other. I'm mostly at uh, Marvel Bar, but uh, you know, I, you can find me upstairs you, in the private dabble. dining space too. Yeah. <laughs> you dabble, um, and so one of the you and I are going to do, or we have a thing coming up. You guys are celebrating your whiskey collection, which, of course, we all know that I have sort of an obsession with whiskey, and so this kind of works out well because I'm going to hang out with you guys on the 27th, and we're doing this bluegrass and and bourbon thing with Bernie Lubbers, who's in town, which is going to be really fun. And I'm only teasing it because you guys, it's all sold out. So we talked about it before. Hopefully some of you guys are coming along. But you guys are also doing some whiskey stuff. Like you're basically opening your giant collection up and like debuting bottles here and there, aren't you? That's correct. Yeah. Like uh, the first and fourth Sunday of uh, every month, we are opening up something special from our collection to pour off till it's gone. Oh my gosh. Like, so give us like... Is it an event or do people just come to the bar the first and... What was it? First and fourth? First and fourth Sundays. So the first and fourth Sunday thing is just, you know, show up to the bar, have a good time. But we're also doing uh, two different whiskey classes. Uh, We're doing uh, like a Whiskey 101 on Thursday, November 29th, where uh, these are both things that I'll be teaching. Uh, The first one, we're going to be pouring Old Rip Van Winkle 10-year, the Sazerac Rye. Hmm. Four rows of single barrel, Colonel E.H. Taylor small batch. I love Taylor. And uh, the Wild Turkey Revival, which is like a fun, sort of like new as of last year, uh, sherry finished offering from Wild Turkey. Wow. Very uh, nice. Yeah, that first class is going to be more introductory, more on uh, sort of basic how, how to taste 
whiskey and a little bit of history. <laughs> this one should Just go. like giving me the she eye over the microphone. Honestly, like, yeah, I mean, you, all of our Hansen. listeners know about our little, our issue that Hanson is, she's trying and she's always like, <laughs> she's always kind of wants to be a part of the whiskey you, because I talk about it so much, yeah. you want to share this experience, but you're, it's not a love for you yet. And I don't I'm know. Learning. I went to Women Who Whiskey and you I did. really, the damn fork, I really She's got a rye my, liqueur that yeah. she loves. And so she's still in that kind of sweet thing. But it would be interesting, I think, for people who are, you know, kind of novices, but then really kind of want to get into like, how do I taste? Because that is a thing where yep. you appreciate better when you know why you appreciate, don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and the the second class is going to be a little more into like that science behind tasting and yeah. uh, my like personal obsession with the nose because yeah. uh, the the nose is really is really everything, and also talking about like really diving into um like like it's kind of like wine where where there 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 is something there for everyone uh, even if you think you don't like whiskey like you know maybe you like a lighter like sweeter whiskey yeah. And, uh, maybe I've liked some Japanese whiskeys. You have, you have totally, totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's I think you're right. And I think like when you're kind of getting into a trend like this, and it gets, it feels like whiskey or everyone's drinking bourbon, and you go, I don't like it. It's almost like saying you don't like cheese. You yeah. know, there's so many kinds of cheeses. There's so many different flavors and techniques and and layers that it's. And hard. I have learned to yeah. not be such a poo poo snob face. About yeah. my what I don't like because yeah. I always as soon as Super I say I don't like something, Stephanie will show me something I like, and then she'll be like, "See, I know. See, Sorry, I'm a prover. I need to prove things." That's okay. You're the scientist <laughs> of the group. I know. Um, if you are going to okay, so we talk about like okay when people come over for Thanksgiving, have like a sparkling something to welcome them, but I know a lot of people like to welcome with a cocktail. Is there a cocktail that you would like be able to batch or put together for your Thanksgiving entry? Yeah. Where people walk in and you hand them a rocks glass with. So, so for me, uh, I love being greeted with a Manhattan. And uh, the important thing behind a Manhattan is to not be afraid of the vermouth. It's delicious. Uh, so, like my recipe for something like uh, Thanksgiving is, you know, the whole thing is it's a long occasion. So I want to be able to have like several over the course of a day. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to go more like almost equal parts whiskey and vermouth. Really? Yeah. Controversy. And, I like it. And, uh, you, you know, a great whiskey to use in there is something lighter and sweeter like we were just talking about, like the Jay Carver wheat whiskey. Oh, oh yeah. I have that. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and then to pair that with, I would go with uh, vermouth wise, I would go with something like more rich and kind of on the bitter side to offset the sweetness of the wheat. Uh, so something like. Punta Mace or um, Koki Dopo Teatro. Okay. Are you writing those down? Yep. Okay. And then, uh, and then you know, a, a great like holiday twist on it would would be to use the um, wonderful uh, Bitter Cube Marvel Bar Bitters. <laughs> I have those too. That's yeah. good. And, good. And you'll add some some ginger spice to it and some cinnamon notes with that. So when you're going to do, if you're going to do this as a batch, like I'm going to make it maybe in one of those pretty glass things. Pitcher. Yeah. Do you then use the bitters around the glass inside the glass when you're going to serve it? Or do you put it in the pitcher? I would put it in the pitcher. Just be sure uh, to add the bitters last when you're making a batch. Uh, Because you can always, you can always add a little more bitters, but you can't take it out. out, Right. So just keep tasting it until it gets to that point that you like it. It's kind of like adding spice to to chili. Yeah. Yeah. And then when people come and you pour it into their glass, 
do you just over the rocks? Sure. Okay. That that'd be the easiest, and you know, it's all about ease because you want to focus on the dinner that and everything skin. else. Yeah, crispy, uh-huh. crispy. Um, and I don't think that like as far as like serving, a lot of people are you know thinking about punches and things like that. And they, to me, I'd like don't put the ice ring in the punch. Keep the ice in your glass, right? So totally. that you can just like it's okay to have your punch be room temperature and then have the ice in your glass because the ice in the punch is just going to keep diluting. I think too, if you're making punch and you're making an ice ring, it should be made like of the punch or something that's going to enhance the punch, not and make that the cold frozen part, not yeah. water. Yeah. What do you think about serving, like, is there a cocktail you would serve with the dinner? Or would you stick with wine with that? You mm. personally. I would stick with wine. You would? Yeah, okay. honestly. But that being said, uh, I mean, I would also keep crushing Manhattans, too. Yeah. yeah <laughs> All through the whole meal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't, that's not bad. It's always weird. Like, I have a friend that always drinks a cocktail at the second. He'll have a cocktail when he comes. And then when we sit down to the dinner, I'm pouring wine. He's he's going to go get another cocktail. I always feel like I should have, like, a plan for him, but I don't. And he just goes and makes another drink. Yeah. Because you're so, like, worried about the wine. And I, I wish think, there was more cocktail pairings for but people also, like that. Yeah, I don't think you have to worry about, like, you no, know, most people don't want to, like, change up their cocktails too much. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, with the same. You don't, yeah, it's not like, I mean, I. Is that my problem? Yeah, you're worried out, that I'm he's. Mixer? Yeah, you're oh, worried that he's, like, going to go and need, like, a gin and tonic right now. But he's probably going to stay that lane. He does. You know, and that's going to be just fine. Famous grouse. <laughs> I mean, you know, all of the good <laughs> that's things. That's what he drinks. What about, like, a post feast digestive like is there something beyond that you would recommend as something like a little sipper to keep to kind of along with maybe a pumpkin pie or something sure uh to stick with the theme i would say um maybe not so much a sipper but something more refreshing that's gonna like liven up the palate get you ready for that pumpkin pie would be something like the classic uh presbyterian cocktail ginger beer lemon and whiskey oh yeah with a little bit of bitters as well that's a good one um Ginger beer, lemon, <laughs> whiskey, the Presbyterian cocktail. Uh-huh. I, yep. I would also, I would also like, I know we're kind of focusing on American whiskey. Yeah. But not to leave out scotch, I would also go with a Bobby Burns. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of a Scotch Manhattan variation with a little bit of Benedictine in there. Yeah. Oh, that's a great. Yeah. I do oh, love that. That sounded like religion. Yeah. It is, is a little is bit the religious. Benedictine, was that like the monks made it? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. There's, uh, there's, okay, so let's, uh, coming back around to the Marvel Bar whiskey collection. So you guys have amassed this sort of, you know, this whole big collection of whiskey. You've been saving it. And, and you and I talked a while back about how you couldn't even fit it on the bar. So you kind of keep it in the back. Are there some bottles in there that you're extremely excited about? Like that you are extra excited to share? And are there some things that you're not going to share? I mean, we are excited about all of them. <laughs> I, the The nice thing about the, the the bottles that we that we you know choose to to sell is like we 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 have to believe in them and we have to be able to tell a story like behind behind each bottle and uh, so really all of them are exciting in their own ways. They're all different. There's no such thing as like a favorite whiskey for me. It's no, all, there's it's, nothing it's all about, that you're. It's all about what's There's in no the like child who you're like the most excited about. Yeah, I yeah, not really. No? Okay. I mean, I mean, for those we we are opening a Van Winkle Rye. So for for anyone who hasn't had the opportunity to try that, it's really great. But that being said, uh, I've had plenty of that in my life, fortunately. So I, you know, <laughs> you're sitting on top of the uh, on the world there, kids. So are you, you guys, know, <laughs> are you guys open Thanksgiving night if people want to come after the feast? 
Uh, unfortunately, no. No. Okay. Yeah. So this is starting on Friday. If you have guests and family in town, because you have a Marvel bar, if you haven't been, it's in the basement of Bachelor Farmer. It's super cozy. It's dark. It's warm. It's a really great place to just go and tuck in with family and friends for a drink. Yeah. It's kind of, it's one of the original, like sort of speakeasy. Yes. Like, we don't want to say that, but it, the door is in the garbage room. So, I mean, like, come on, you got to kind of call it what it and is. And there's snacks. I know. Well, there's Cheetos. Yeah. That's our <laughs> snacks. And pickled eggs. And pickled eggs. You're right. Those are undersung. Those are All bars, not if a bar doesn't have like a bar snack, that's a fail to me. Like, let's get bringing back the bar snacks. That's a very Japanese thing, by the way. It's they such always a great have idea. a little snacky little finger. Yeah, snack. they do in Italy too. Like, you wouldn't go to a bar, order a drink, and not have some little snack. I know. I love it. All right, we have to take. We we got to go. But thank you so much for being here, Tyler. And again, you guys, the Marvel Bar is doing this whiskey sort of uh, you know exploration and Sundays. The next one's the next release. Sunday release is it this Sunday or is it? I feel like it might it's be. It's going to be November 25th. We're going to be featuring some of our more rare uh, wild turkey offerings. Oh, that's exciting. And then you can sign up for the two Whiskey 101 and 204 on the website. And we'll put a link up for that. 651-641-10712. We're coming to the Ask Stephanie portion. So if you've got questions lined up, give us a shout right now and we'll take you live on the air. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. This is the pre-feast Thanksgiving show, which is always a good time to call in. 651-641-1071. We are in the Ask Stephanie portion of the show, which means that we are here to answer your questions, maybe, or help give inspiration if you have specific things that you are wondering about. Um, we did have Stacy, uh, our little pal, Wolves gal. She was driving around and she saw the Royal Foundry uh, distillery, which is opening the Royal Foundry Cross Spirits, which it's is women owned. No, it's not. Are you sure? Yep, because okay. I know the guys. It's a All family, right. family owned. It's a couple of friends of a friend of mine. Um, but they are opening London Dry Gin. They've got London Dry Gin coming. They're kind of a British thing. They're going to do rums, single malt whiskey, barrel aged, all the fun stuff. So those are coming soon with them. It's, it's right a, next to the new Ladonia Brewery. Yeah, Cerveceria. Really, that place is cute. Yeah. Yeah, so 651-641-1071 if you want to uh, give us a buzz. Uh, we are talking turkey. We have all sort of fun stuff. Um, I have a thing that I want to quickly talk about. Please. Which is the fact that have you guys heard about the turkey prank? And I want to know if anyone has been turkey pranked by their kid this year. So what is happening is this is a very sort of millennial thing, which I'm kind of laughing over. The thing that happens is so kids are like, you know, young adults are texting their moms or their aunts or their dads or their cooks in their family and saying, hey, I'm going to do Thanksgiving at my, you know, I might have Friendsgiving, you know, this week. And I just wanted your advice. You know, how long should I cook a 25 pound turkey in the microwave? That's funny. And the whole thing is they're just waiting for the reactions. And then, of course, they're screenshotting them and sending them. And so the funny part is I wanted Ellie to punk you because I knew I couldn't do it. So I wanted Ellie to send you your daughter to send you a message saying, hey, mom, I'm going to do Thanksgiving, Friendsgiving. And she just she She punked out on me. She She didn't even play. No, she said, oh, she's going to know that. She goes, I cook too much. She's going to know that I'm 
that I'm like, that I already know not to do that. And I'm like, I don't know. She's pretty trusting. <laughs> I am pretty gullible. You would pretty much, I think you'd be like, really? I, that's exactly what I would have said. I know. Well, I we did do a cut. If you guys have been punked, I'd love to hear about it. We did a couple. We specifically punked a few people. I ended up calling uh, or doing a quick chat with Molly Herman from Kitchen in the Market. Yep. And I sent her a thing like saying, hey, we're doing some quick tips and tricks blog for Thanksgiving. You know, what are some advice to a cook who, you know, to someone who wants to cook a 25 pound turkey in the microwave? And Molly said, don't. Yeah, that would be my response. (laughs) And then I was like, don't you think it would work for 10 minutes per pound? She goes, I honestly don't think it would fit. (laughs) And she said, maybe if you spatchcock it and then cut it in half. But why? (laughs) (laughs) Why would you? 651-641-1071. Someone emailed in Liz and she said, hey, I broke down my turkey last year with the help of the video from Chef Steph. So I'll post this on the Facebook Weekly Dish page. She said, I also made their turkey roulade with my Jules sous vide device. It was a hit. Okay. There is a piece of that. I understand the roulade thing. I think I pulled it out of food and wine, you guys. Like, this is not like me coming out of the dark with this. Um, I think I pulled it because they had instructions. So it's not just me who knows how to do it. If you want to do it, it's very easy to find information on how to do it. Steph coming okay, out of we the have, dark. We have Crystal on the line. I believe she was punked. Crystal, oh, did you yeah. get punked? I did. You did. Tell well, us. Okay. So my daughter just graduated college. So she has her first apartment and she just texted me the basic. How do you, how do you microwave a 20 or how long do you microwave a 25 pound turkey? And yes. I said, you know, microwave, are you kidding me? Yes. And she said, no. And I said, why not your oven? And she said, well, I don't have time after work. And someone said it tastes a lot better and juicier. <laughs> and then I, you know, I'm just thinking, and I said, well, Salmonella city. <laughs> yes. She just started laughing and she said, okay, that, I mean, that was it. Oh, my God. I love it. Thank you so much, Crystal, for sharing your punk. I love it. Have a happy Thanksgiving. I will tell you that one of Katie Shaw in our office, she her daughter sent it to her and she said, can I microwave it on high instead of setting it out to thaw? Because they were talking about the frozen. She goes, no, it will explode. And she's like, do I even want to know why you're cooking a 25 pound turkey? I'm worried we're not insured for this. That's funny. And then there was uh, like ideas of like, should I put more tinfoil on it this time? You know, those kind of things. Okay. We also have Janie who has been, who has been punked. Janie, tell us about your experience. Hi, Janie. Hi. So my middle school daughter was at the science museum yesterday and she texted me at work. Can I cook a 25 pound turkey in the grave? And I was thinking that maybe the teachers were trying to ask some, some strange question. And I'm a chef. So I'm like, no, you can't cook a 25 pound turkey in the microwave. And it kept going back and forth. And so I'm explaining in detail why this is going to be an epic fail. She's like, well, some people do it. I'm like, not smart people. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> That's awesome, Jean. Thank you so much for sharing. Oh my God. I love that. I'm not kidding you. It is like, if you, you, all you have to do is look turkey prank up. And there are some amazing moms and dads' reactions. Some of them are so nice, too. Some of them are just like, oh, honey. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I guess you can try, you know, kind of a thing. Like, I've never been a fan, but, you know, good. I guess give it a shot. Which is so funny. Like, it's the parenting where you don't want your kid to fail. So you're like, oh, let them try new things. I know. All right, you guys, we're going to come back with a second hour that's still full of Thanksgiving Day fun. So we'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish.